Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin, and we're here with comic Joe Leonardo. Joe Leonardo, how the hell are you? I'm good. Oh, Thank good. you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. And then yeah. if the people want to see you do stand-up comedy in New York City, which of course they do, where do they? Uh, where are you playing next? And also, where can they find you online? Um, uh, well, I host a mic, Crystal Lake, Brooklyn, every Thursday from 6.30 to 8. I'm there pretty much every week. I'm okay. doing stand-up around the whole city. I also host a monthly show at... UCB Hell's Kitchen called the Flying Blind Sketch Show. The only sketch show reactors have no idea what their next line is. How the how can you make that happen? How does that work? Uh, it's basically like a live uh, stage reading. Okay. So oh. the writers write uh, their sketches knowing that the actors won't know what they'll be saying. That's so they kind of like mess with them. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And I also have the writers read their stage directions. <laughs> so they write them in their voice so they can make jokes on top of the sketches. Oh, wow. How'd you come up with that idea? Um, I wanted to find a way to read on stage. Yeah, because I'm a very nervous public reader. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you thought it would be hilarious <laughs> to work that in? So when it first started, when I first started doing the show at The Pit, maybe around five years ago now, um, I was uh, I was reading all of the stage directions. So the writers would write the sketches, the actors would act them, and I would read everything the writers wrote. Because that was funny. Yeah, and... Yeah. I would kind of do it in like a big character or a big voice or whatnot, <laughs> right? Uh, and I'm such a horrible reader that I would kind of use it as a way to, you know, I'm reading slow and big because I want people to understand it. Yeah. But really, I was just nervous about reading. Oh, that's cool. And I think um, Mulaney in, you know, the Oh, Hello, Too Much Tuna guys yeah. on Broadway, I think he he had a cool joke where he says, you know, Gil reads, st- you know, Gil reads stage direction and reads them slanted because they're in italics or something. And I thought that was pretty <laughs> funny. Like you're almost breaking, joke. I don't know if it's breaking the fourth wall or whatever, yeah. but it's showing us that um, there's additional opportunities to make people laugh. And I think reading stage direction is just a really cool one. Yeah, and a lot of people that come to UCB where the show is now uh, are kind of inside baseball. So they're students of improv or sketch, so they get the whole idea of rehearsals, you know what I mean, for sketch, so they get that the actors are trying to figure out what the sketch is (laughs) while they're doing it, and the writers are like fucking with them. That is so cool. And so do you do... um... It, now it's through UCB Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, and I've been there for about a little, a little over a year. And I know with the Pitts program, you have to do both write and perform. Like, is it the same with UCB? Do you, do you write and perform? So with UCB, do you? Yeah, with UCB. yeah. I was on uh, their house. I was on the Lloyd team for almost like five years. I was okay. on their Lloyd board, wow. not one specific team, just on their program forever. And then I stepped down earlier this year. Okay, to kind of like throw myself back into feeling nervous and. <laughs> The thing is, when you're on a team for a very long time, you rely on the institution to provide you with a audience, yeah, and to provide you with, uh, um, you know, stage time. So you're spoiled. So you're you just spoiled. got too spoiled and pampered, and you're like, I'm losing my raw just edge. I had a moment where, because uh, the way their improv program works is there's Lloyd, and that's kind of junior varsity. And the varsity is like the Herald program, right? Yeah, Herald That's, was uh, yeah, that was a big Chicago. I'm from Chicago, and uh, I always heard about the Herald being the long form improvisation technique. So they both do that form, right? Okay. But their Herald night is like their premiere uh, version of that show. That's varsity, and then the the Lloyd. junior varsity is Lloyd because okay. it's like Herald Lloyd and whatever. Let's plan that. Okay. Anyways, I was hosting Herald night to promote Flying Blind one time when I was on Lloyd night, and I was watching Herald. 
And instead of just jo- enjoying the show, I thought to myself, like, I can fucking do this. Why won't they put me on? Yeah. Why won't they, you know, promote me to Harold? Yeah. And that's the moment I thought to myself, I'm in this for the wrong reason. Wow. And I need to leave. And so so that was via the pit, and that's when you went to UCB? No, that was when I was at UCB. Because oh. I, I did it at the pit kind of just as a show where they give you a slot and you promote it yourself and all that stuff. Um because the pit is a little more open with their uh, programming. Okay. You can kind of just pitch a show, and if you bring an audience, they don't give a fuck what you do. Oh, cool. You know, UCB kind of uh, has, um, I'm not going to say they curate their shows, but you have to pitch the show to them. It has to fit their brand or whatnot, and the artistic yeah. direction needs to, uh, the artistic team or the artistic director needs to, like, approve your show. Okay. Right, so it needs to fit in. Um, and i just been with UCB forever, so they allowed me to... Uh, do it okay and so you're all are you also doing stand-up or just sketch no i do i do mostly stand-up now okay and then i yeah. just went on a tangent about sketching improv yeah yeah so how do they kind of how do they um you know um what muscles do each take and which of them do you have and which of them would you like to strengthen that's a great question mm-hmm. um so let's let's break it down yeah. right uh improv basically is the best tool to teach you how to be on stage, okay. how to talk to an audience, how to communicate an idea, how to articulate what you're trying to get across, right? Because in improv, you're kind of building this world together, yeah. and you have to find, like, group minds. So you really can't be coy. You can't be um, misleading. Yeah. You have to be super direct. That sucks. It, it's <laughs> Well, meaning, like, it, it, it would lose yeah. the nuance. Like, you, you know, if you, if you didn't have to be so blunt and direct, you could be more nuanced with, you know, coy, you know like you said, well, here's being the coy or he, whatever. That's, that's an interesting opinion. Because you just do stand-up? Uh, I don't do anything. You don't do anything? I podcast hilarious people like you. Oh, great. <laughs> so, great. As a reviewer, then you'll really appreciate this. So think of it all as tools, right? Okay. So improv is like a hammer. If I needed to screw in, like, a, a screw, right, yeah, it would be would, shitty to have yeah. just the hammer, right? right? right. So one... People that like shit on one of the other art forms, like oh, improv sucks because da da da, or stand up is you're lonesome and you're you're shitty, whatnot. They're not viewing the full toolbox. They're looking at uh, their tool and seeing the what they're trying to do, and they're like, well, this tool doesn't work yeah. for what I'm trying to do with it. Yeah. The best way to look at it is improv is a great tool to learn how to be on stage, to articulate ideas, to really uh, concrete, to to hit. Um, jokes in a concrete way that the audience will get it when you do it, right? Yeah, because it's, it's group mind, so everybody's going to laugh at that. And yeah. also you build your personality, oh, Okay. right? Stand-up is a writing tool, the way I view it, okay. is you are crafting material. You are finding your rhythm, right? It doesn't really teach you how to be on stage. Right. I mean, you can do a million open mics and you can learn how to be on stage as well. Yeah. But improv is almost like cocaine version of that right <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like the steroid version of yeah. that so um so stand-up stand-up kind of teaches you how to like be on stage how to write all that jazz and sketch would also treat you i mean it would be kind of a combination of both sketch is a combination of both but it's also working at, as a team and if you're a writer specifically how to work in a writer's room yeah how to pitch an idea how to work on someone else's idea how to collaborate how to right? write, write for their voice and their How talent. to write for their voice. How to write someone else's pitch. Yeah. You're not necessarily just writing your own material. Oh. Someone pitches you an idea. I have an idea where I'm like a frog who shits gold. I don't know. Yeah, and the actor and, would bring that to me and I'd have to write that. And then you'll be like, okay, yeah. I, see the, I see the humor in there. I, I get yeah. your pitch and I'll write beats of that. Okay. Right? And I'll put that. And yeah. my flying blind is kind of like if all of them had group sex. Because <laughs> it's me being the stand-up because yeah. I'm hosting it. Okay. 
people are also I encourage the writers to fuck with me yeah. to make fun of me on stage oh that's cool so like a lot of things are pointing to me and I look to the audience like oh my god <laughs> can you believe this shit you yeah know? we recently had a Matt Stores and he has a comic show that is him he's a lawyer in real life yeah. and so he interrupts people um, he almost fact checks jokes in real time so he interrupts stand up comedians <laughs> and so I just love these novel formats because they're not they're kind of unexpected and they're almost they seem fresher than something like oh give me the name of this give me the name of yeah. that like, and, and I did an improv class when it was awful just because you're on stage with other people who also wanted the limelight yeah. and so as I mean I, I almost think some people bad mouthing one over the other is because they you know it's either they like control or they don't exactly. you know so if they like control they need to be in stand up and so mm-hmm. what are some of the things that are you know and I guess you know you have to write for stand up and you also have to kind of reveal maybe your outlook on life you know what you know who is Joe Leonardo yeah. and um, how does he see the world so what are some of those things that are making their way into your act now that you've done improv and you're comfortable on stage um, I'm a big tech guy I also host a tech podcast yeah. called Funny as Tech where I kind of uh, and like the ignorant voice of the audience because I really don't have a tech background but I'm just <laughs> enjoy it like I like cool shit uh, like, I look at the Cybertruck, I'm like, I want to fucking ride that thing. Yeah, I don't that know thing looks about. cool, yeah. It and so you don't cool. know tech, but you're talking about it as a fan. Yeah. That's cool. But I have a co-host whose name is David Ryan Polgar. He's a tech ethicist. Nice. And he's a professional and a former lawyer. Yeah, and so I, I guess we're going to talk about some of that. You yeah. know, t- tell me a little bit about, you know, give me the, the cliff notes on the cliff notes of the ethics of our technological future. Well, let's use AI, for example, because that's like a big thing that's going on. And it's just like cool. Yeah. Um, There's ethics involved with is it okay? There's a a, a great philosophy question called the trolley problem. Okay. So if you have a robot, right? And uh, it's it's or uh, let me explain it in the old fashioned way. So you have a trolley, right? oh, full of people, and and you're gonna run over a person. Yes. Yeah. And it, so do you kill? You know, do you let the trolley um, dis disrail or go off the rail so they die, or do you save the person who's on the trolley track? Exactly. Okay. So uh, us as humans having that conversation, right? We can kind of debate it and stuff like that. Yeah. But let's say we put the a, robot. Yeah, would make the a robot very quick has to decision. make the decision. He would just speed up the trolley and kill the motherfucker. Yes. Or <laughs> do we design the robot to not do that? Oh, to kill you to save yeah. six people as opposed to just the individual who's the driver? Yeah. It depends if the programmer is on the trolley track. If he's like, well, I, I really do spend a lot of time on trolley tracks. Maybe we'll program the thing to save me. Yeah. But yeah, so it is a human programming it. And is there is there any chance that that is going to stop being true? Where the robot will override the program. Well, the robot will do whatever you. The robot will do whatever is programmed. Right. The robot doesn't have any sentience. It's just it follows code. But the gray right? area of interpretation, you know, you know, yeah. should we save the human race from itself by killing everybody because they're polluting their own? That's Earth, the big right? question. So regulators have to figure out. <laughs> that's when it yeah. comes to big. That's the ethics issue, and government bodies have to make decisions, which aren't good at making decisions. Or they go where the money is, and so we're going to have to figure out who's law. Lo- you know, who's where are the um, lobbyist dollars going? Are yeah. they coming from Elon Musk, and are they going to people on that regulation committee? Yeah. Yeah, and these are the ethics. Yeah, right. There's a whole world of just questions of what do you do with uh, um, dro- like um, AI drones fighting in wars? 
Yeah, who the fuck knows, right? And so it depends on, and until there is regulation, it's going to be self-regulation, which is probably, you know, it's it's motivated by profits and things like that. And so on your podcast, which is called Funny as Tech, Funny as Tech, are you kind of making jokes? um, Are are you kind of the inner? Are you the entertainment? Because it sounds like this guy is crazy, just knowledgeable (laughs) about this stuff. And so are you just kind of like lightening the mood and um, kind of? Okay, yeah. So we have uh, David, who's the expert. We also have either like a thought leader okay. or like someone who's in the field of whatever we're talking about. Um, and they'll explain it in a wonkish way yeah. that nobody understands. Yeah. David will have the conversation. And I'll be like, wait a minute. Can you explain <laughs> this so regular people can understand? Yeah. Or I'll play like the ignorant person being like, well, let me think of a situation to apply this. Can you explain this better? Oh, I love that. And there's also, yeah. I think I think we had Adam Mamawala on here and he had something, he has a show called Serious matters or something where they also have like that kind of serious motherfucker yeah. talking for five ten minutes and then just comics get up there and riff like riff like crazy yeah all over it and that's just great and so when that's on all the podcast networks and when you know is that weekly or that's pretty people... much weekly bi-weekly okay. and how long uh, has that been going on oh my god four years now okay We've been so what, a- were, what were the future what was the tech hilarity back four years ago what were you guys talking about four years ago um the future of facebook <laughs> Uh, Google Glass. Now, if I went back, oh, that, well, that's funny because yeah. it's obsolete. But if I went back to see your predictions about Facebook's future, would it uh, would they have been uh, more um, pessimistic? Yeah, optimistic. Or pessimistic. Mine's pes- mine's always pessimistic. So, did you foresee this? Bull- this <laughs> I was shit? like, yeah, especially yeah. They just keep hoarding data. Yeah. And they'll they'll put a little veneer on it saying like we're about making people connect. Yeah. What are you doing with all this fucking data? Yeah. Well, you they're just I mean? yeah they're just using it to sell you you know to sell you ads. So they're making money off it. But I love no, well, that they, they make a big chunk of money is where they use this data and then sell it to campaigns or sell it to governments oh, yeah. where it's, they can use it to kind of control people or, or articulate a point. And did you kind of foresee that they could potentially swing an election? Like if I went to your episode to Funniest Tech four <laughs> years ago. Did yeah. Joe Leonardo or uh-huh. his ethicist lawyer buddy, <laughs> yeah. did they uh, predict something so... I'm sure we brought someone on that was saying something, and I'm sure my reaction was, that's fucked up. <laughs> I believe it. It sounds crazy. Yeah. and so Anything that sounds crazy to me or like is like a big conspiracy, I'm always like, I believe that. Yeah. <laughs> so do you, are you doing the same thing about like Amazon Ring and stuff like that? Are you, are you envisioning a surveillance state with... Stuff like that. Well, we're kind of already there. It's just yeah. the switch isn't turned on. Okay. Does that make sense? We have a lot of uh, home devices. Yeah. Um, I just bought a Google Home Max with a little camera and the screen on it because okay. my brother just had a baby. And, uh, you know, he lives far away. We can talk to each other and oh, stuff cool. like that. So he got one and I got one. So you just, you just helped out the, the machine. Exactly. And so, like, yeah, we were also going to talk about the kind of the other end of the spectrum, which is off-the-grid living. And it yeah. sounds like you know that there's going to be bad shit coming down the pike, but you're still buying these Google devices. Are you not yet ready to commit to off-the-grid off living? No. Well, I would like to retire off-the-grid. Okay. That's, I think uh, a lot of people If the machines will let of, you. Yeah. The machines might not let you, homie. It's funny because, like, the technology is getting there because solar and, – and here's the oh, big yeah. bottleneck problem is energy, Okay. right? Uh, we can't extract enough energy from solar yet right. to be fully sustainable, right? right? It needs to be um, in, in, um, 
in tandem with something else. Okay. Right. So solar and wind, or solar yeah. and uh, you know just regular old fossil fuel, right? And nuclear, right? That's totally just uh, environmentally safe. I'm all honestly. Here's something crazy. I am kind of pro nuclear. Yeah, and I, I mean it's yeah. environmentally conscious, but it's just dangerous as all. It fuck, is right? dangerous yeah. if if you stack up the numbers of. Okay. The thing is, when nuclear goes bad, it, it's it's like publicly bad. Uh, it's right? bad for politicians. Right? It's bad for politicians, <laughs> and it's it just makes a it's a big PR thing. Yeah, it's because like, yeah. when something goes wrong, as opposed to smoking, how many people die a day from smoking? But it's small and gradual, yeah. so we don't see the big picture. Right. But with nuclear, it's yeah. like once every five years, a hundred thousand people yeah. get cancer. Yeah, right. And they're also saying like because of that, it needs to be farther away from the public, and it takes. I don't know, money and resources to get that energy to where yes. it's going. But nuclear is uh, carbon-free. Okay. Nuclear is the things you just don't know what to do with the waste. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sure. And they would just dump it into the Santa Monica Bay or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah, shoot it at the sun. I don't know how, <laughs> how you and do it. Do you it think now? there's any fix like that? Because, you know, people are so quick to predict, oh, our world is over in five years, our world is over in eight years, the point, yeah. of, point of no return in a couple of years. Do we think that when it gets real bad, we'll ultimately come together and, and find a fix that no one's thought of like going to fucking Mars or something. I mean, like, cause right now they, they want to do the carbon sucking out. Like, yeah. Eventually I think the Republicans are like, we're going to plant some trees and we're also going to invest some money. We're going to send the Republicans aren't saying plant trees. Oh, sure. They are. They yeah. are. Oh yeah. There's a, yeah. So they want to plant a thousand trees because of course that doesn't. Oh, to offset with... what's going oh, on. Oh yeah. So it's carbon, carbon yeah. capture sequestration, but also they yeah. want to incentivize people to have carbon, you know, sucking carbon out of the fucking air. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's uh, you know, space balls with the big yeah. vacuum cleaner. And I think there's, you know, there's huge Wikipedia articles explaining, the different ways that this could be done. Do we yeah. think that everybody is ever going to come together, the right and the left in America, to ultimately come up with a big fix that no one's ever thought of? I don't think it's going to be governments coming together for that. Okay. I think someone's going. We're going to. If we do do it, we'll have to innovate our way out of it. Okay. So it'll someone be like has, the Elon Musk. And someone the like Jeff an Elon Bezos, Musk. But... Someone like a Jeff Bezos, or maybe some scientifically funded project of yeah. students. Oh, okay. You know, maybe it comes from a college. Um, a big thing with driverless cars right now is a lot of that technology advanced because there's a lot of funding going on for colleges oh, cool. to make uh, little racetracks. Oh, cool. And they make a, a driverless cars uh, races. Yeah. You can win a race, a rally race or whatever. Yeah, and even right? companies are having little towns where it's only self-driving yep. cars and things Phoenix, like that. Phoenix, Arizona is one of them. Oh, for cool. Waymo. For, I think Google has a startup called Waymo, and they're in Phoenix, which is completely flat. Yeah. Dry, so there's no weather. Yeah. Right? It's a great starting point. Yeah. And so um, off the grid living in your future, like after Joe Leonardo just gets uh -huh. every comic. After I retire. Uh, yeah. The guy's the improv, the stand up yeah. comedy. After he's. After just, I rule comedy. Yeah. After he rules comedy. With an know, iron fist. You know, after Louis C.K., we need a hero, and that's Joe Leonardo. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is off the grid living going to look for you? I mean, it's going to be a little bit of solar. You're going to have a big wind turbine, uh, turbine outside your cave. I have yeah. a flip phone right here from about 10 years ago. I mean, are you going to just, are you going to be able to go free? of all your devices. I mean, no. I see, I see a smartphone right here on, you the, do. on the table. <laughs> you do. Um, it, obviously, it's not binary. It's right. not going from one to the other. Okay. But it, I do see it as maybe a couple months living somewhere off the grid and then a couple months living 
back in New England somewhere. And that's not because you're scared of. I mean, is it because you care about your carbon footprint, or no, because you have a family and a life? Oh, okay. I'm sure I have. But other... like, why the two months of off the grid living at all? Like, are you scared of the our corporate overloads? No, because I like overlords? camping. Oh. I grew up kind of camping and stuff. No, it has nothing it's to not, do with it's not fear of the robots. It's more about me ah, than uh, no. I, I like fucking nature. I like hiking. I like nature. Yeah. And so it, it, I what... like tinkering. I like building shit. Yeah. I like uh, um, restoration. Honestly, the majority of videos I watch on YouTube. Uh, are just rest like a guy will have an old uh, helmet, firefighter helmet from like 1920 that's all rusty, okay. and he restores it. Dude, that says a lot about <laughs> what you give a shit about. And yeah. the tinkering, like, do you think that there's something akin to tinkering in all your comic writing? Oh, totally. Okay, writing okay. is all tinkering. So do you stand up is tinkering? So like a joke and a set is just a series of moving parts that Joe Leonardo yep. has to put together in a funny yep. way. Mm-hmm. Okay, and then if I see a Joe Leonardo set, which he can, I mean, across platforms, I'll just look at Joe Leonardo comedy, mm-hmm. and then um, I'll be able to find all your upcoming dates. Mm-hmm. But your soonest date, soonest date is Hell's Kitchen UCB, um, and that's not stand up, but that's sketch. That's sketch. Yeah, I just did a show in Hartford, Connecticut. Oh, cool. I wish this was before that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then we had Sean Elaine on. She didn't do the same Connecticut show, did she? Wow. What, what th- do you know a theater? Uh, no, but it was run by somebody she she cares she likes a lot in booking shows. It's Lizzie something or other. She books uh, big shows out in, in Connecticut. Okay, but yeah, you didn't. You Mine didn't was at CT Improv. Okay. Uh, it was a stand-up show with a bunch of New York comics. Oh, cool. But they'll, yeah. they'll also, by looking at Joe Leonardo comedy, they'll find any other yeah, upcoming dates you have. Go to JoeLeonardo.com for okay. all your Joe Leonardo needs. And when they when they walk out of that thing, you know, Belly's just tired with laughter, what are they going to remember about a Joe Leonardo stand-up set? Uh, he's aloof and clever. I yeah? Guess. yeah. Do you come off? You come off as aloof. I a little bit. I don't. I'm not a preachy person. I hate clapter. <laughs> yeah. Good. Yeah. So it's not like it's give not it up jokes. for that. Give it up for that last guy. And also, yeah, well, clapter. I mean, in the terms of, I, I um, like making a point. I, I have political opinions, yeah. but I like comedy. Okay. I like jokes. I like people going up and and telling a joke and seeing things in a different perspective. I'm not like a political comedian or anything like that. Okay. I think the world's going to end in three years. Yeah, so a political comedian might just get clapped or like, I appreciate Clap. what you said, yes. but I'm only going to clap because it didn't surprise me enough to make me laugh. It's the jokes aren't necessarily... Uh, the jokes are there to service the opinion and not the opinion is there to service the humor. Oh. Clapter is when we're laughing because we agree. Okay. Not we're laughing because we think it's funny. <laughs> and that's right? that's what makes Joe Leonardo stand out. And that's why people are going to look at Funniest Tech. Funniest Tech. And UCB Hell's Kitchen. UCB Hell's Kitchen. And the uh, name of the sketch group is Oh, uh, the sketch flying, show is Flying Blind Sketch oh, Show. Which is so hilarious because yeah. you are... It's um, a good time. writing it as people. You know, I, I would love to see Saturday Night Live try to do that. Could they do that with any of their sketch performers? No, I mean they kind of do it with Michael Che and um, Colin Jost. Yeah. Sometimes Colin Jost will read jokes that um, Michael Che would throw in, yeah. or Stefan. Okay. John Mulaney yes. used to throw in sure. jokes that uh, um, um, Bill Hader didn't and know, and that's why he was laughing his ass exactly. off. Exactly. Because... So that's kind of the premise. Honest, if you think of ah. Stefan, think of a full fucking sketch show. Yeah. That's kind of that where the actors are like one step behind that is the perfect yeah. promotion for flying blind. it's the best uh it's the highest selling show for its time slot at ucb wow okay well check that out and then they can do they get tickets through ucb hell's kitchen or do they get tickets through joe leonardo uh comedy? you can go to ucb.com or you can go to my website and find it but uh if you just upper assistance we're great hell's kitchen find it on the schedule yeah fly flying blind and also funniest tech joe leonardo thank you so much yeah